in our Baptist church, we decided we needed to do something about what we were hearing in church and community about loneliness and isolation. I myself had had a, a burnout experience a year of really low mood and had found church quite a tricky place to be. But I'd also found that there were really good things about what we did about connecting and prayer. I wanted to see it where everybody could get at it. I was sitting in our local cafe, sipping tea house, and the ladies who owned the cafe were also concerned about isolation. We're Joe and Diane. We are from Tiffin Tea House, and uh, we started five years ago. We wanted to provide a, a comfortable, welcoming environment for our local community. It worked really well for us, and we found that actually we were getting people coming in on their own lots, which is really nice. But obviously, we kind of started realising that maybe there was a few people struggling a bit with life and, and needed actually a bit more than what we could give them in a five-minute chat that tip in between giving them their tea or their cake. And uh, we, we came across Ruth, who actually had some similar ideas on that subject. We decided together to get hold of this place, 37 Abbey Road, and to knock through to tip in house so that there was good refreshments on tap, but to make our heart into a place where community activities were always available where there was always a welcome. And we opened our doors four days a week to anybody who wanted to come in at any time to start up any sort of activity in the cafe area. We have hosts on hand to help. It was a fantastic start. I'm setting house to be new to seven. That involves looking after all the people that come here, whether they're hosts or regulars. I welcome them. I would get them settled in comfortably, but just generally let them know what we do here. And I'm so blessed to have this as a job. I come in every day, something different happens. I go home happy, I go home exhausted, but I love it. It, it is just so rewarding. Remember the first time we sat in this prayer room and prayed together, three times a day, pausing to pray together. And the cafe owners came to join us. And People who we didn't think we want to come and pray came. So gradually a community built in this place, the new person. And the partnerships I had in the initial stages with the mental health team was really important. I'd been to complain about care in the community for some of our guys in the church and actually realised it was time for us to join in and help there to be places of inclusion and welcome. I'm Rachel Scott, I'm from Rushworth Community Mental Health Team which also works with the co-production project in partnership with MU37. Co-production is a new way of working with community development for mental health where everybody's equal. So rather than us delivering a service, we actually create a service together. In July last year, we got some funding to multiply this space because we had so many other churches coming to ask us whether we can help them set up. The Cinnamon Network, who were looking for a small social action project that's backed by churches, is now getting behind us to help us to multiply renew well-being. The second cafe is now opened in Ruddington, a village nearby. There's one in Doncaster setting up, one in the Welsh Valleys, something over in Lydney in the Forest of Dean. People popping in most days interested in how to be present, how to be prayerful, and how to be in partnership to see well-being renewed in their communities.
managed to leave one of all important slip of paper down here. There's somewhere in there.
Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you are our cornerstone. You are the rock upon which we stand and build our lives. Thank you, Lord, that in you we, when we are weak, are made strong through the Saviour's love, and we bless you. And we thank you now for all these gifts that have been willingly given and lovingly given. Lord, the sum of what we are receiving today, Lord, may pass out into our communities, that others may just be blessed and strengthened, and may meet with you, Lord Jesus, perhaps many of them for the first time as their Lord and Saviour. Lord, we just thank you now, and pray that you would multiply these gifts to your glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wonderful. Please be seated. So, um, I'm going to ask now if Sue and Joe would come up and join me here. And we're just going to take uh, just a few moments, um, because most of you were down here, but how many of you were upstairs in the other Quite a few. And I think you were having a wonderful time, weren't you? And it's only fair that the guys down here get a little bit of what you were getting up there. So Joe is going to come, I think, and just share a little bit of what was happening upstairs. And then you may have noticed also that we had some prophetic artwork happening here during the course of the morning, which was Sue's um, area, and Sue will come and tell us a little bit about that. Thanks, Joe. So upstairs, um, we have a workshop called The Big Picture, and we were looking at God's Big Picture, and um, Sue and I did mind maps of our view, our individual views of God's Big Picture, because we were also talking on a tapestry theme about how God threads um, his plan for our individual lives into his Big Picture. Uh, and that's different for all of us, hence a different mind map. So we had some chats around that, and then we had some practical activities. Um, if the tapestry theme didn't work for people, we had building bricks, so people were playing Jupo. And uh, we had um, a threading activity, which um, has. We had some um, artwork, and there were squares um, for people to colour in. And um, we put the squares together to show the big picture. And I love the illustration that there are some bits of God's plan we can't see yet. So there's a piece missing. The black and white that we started with is God's overall design. He's got the plan. He knows exactly what it looks like. But he individually um, paints with us in relationship. For his big picture. Um, we also had a writing table, and uh, time's short, but we started, we had some blank sheets of paper for people to write to God, to write their own psalms, and we put some psalm starters, so just one line. And I'd just like to share with you a couple um, that have been left behind, because I know they'll bless you. Jesus, I fix my eyes on you today. Jesus, I remember all you have done in my life. Jesus, I long for you to show me your ways. Jesus, I pray that you will show me how to be your heart, hands, and feet to my family. For you are my stronghold. For you are my strength. For you are 
give me breath. You gave me voice. Do you give me too much choice? Where to begin in a complex world when I'm little, small, unfold? But you, the powerful I am, the helpless given small lamb, took all our sins in one breath said, Come sit with me and break bread. My worries, sins, heartbreaks gone, in your great gift, your loving son. So to you I come, just as I am, and thank you for the land, as I am now free and new, all because of perfect you. Who, who we really are. I have the most 
amazing conversations with people here. People who, who don't know Jesus yet, do know Jesus, who just come to know him literally a few months ago. Beautiful stories. And we all are, we all have soul. So our connectedness is what we're learning here. And it seems to me, the little booklet she would have realised by now and nothing really to do with the day, is to take away with you and dig a bit deeper. This is a journey that you can keep going on forever if you like. Um, but when you're taking notice, being present, very often we, we think about um, going out for a walk and looking at things around you. I talked earlier about my friend Yvonne, who can't leave the house, and again, it makes me think, well, is my understanding for people who can get out and about, and what happens for people who can't? Um, I was privileged to speak at a conference of an um, uh, organisation that works with persecuted Christians, and a lady was there from Eritrea who had been locked in a container in the desert with 20 other women serving with oil in the dead and freezing out, taken out and beaten and put back in. Full of joy. Full of joy. I couldn't, I was supposed to be speaking at this, I could barely breathe. Because I thought this isn't even the same faith that I've got. I, I don't know how to do that. Do you know? But somehow, with nothing, no, nothing to be mindful of, there was something going on that was deeper than what we can see and hear, that was what mindful, what taking notice is about. So there's nothing wrong with beautiful mindful walks and lovely autumn leaves, but it's still for me the what if, what if you can't see, what if you can't hear, what if. Last time I did this course, there was a lady there who's been blind from birth, and she said, I, I don't do the quiet bits, Ruth, because I, I use my hearing as you would use your sight. So I'm already retreating. <laughs> and it was really good for me to hear that, and need to hear that from other people's points of view, because it's different for different people. But the, the, the taking notice that we do that's good for our souls has got to work for everybody, hasn't it? Because otherwise God's got faith, but we know he hasn't. So what does it look like to be mindful, to take notice? There are a few habits that might be helpful. Slowing down. Chewing slowly, taking that material food without rushing around. Jerry told me to sit down earlier and do what I was talking about. Be mindful of what you're eating. Be mindful of the people that are around you. Look and see what you can see. The prayer of Islam, um, which I talked about earlier, is an ancient prayer or practice where you just rewind your day at the end of each day and say, In what have I seen the love and beauty of God? And then what am I not seeing as love and beauty? Where it's your own fault. Sorry, let it go. Receive forgiveness. Don't take guilt and shame to you every day. You don't need to. And where it's somebody else's baggage you picked up during the day, put it down. It's not yours to carry. And then ask yourself very simply, what have I learned from this day? Do you know the practice of doing that together in our new spaces has stopped us from trying to fix each other? or going home very rapidly because we've heard something we don't have to do that to. And when I'm not in the new sense now, it's my habit when I get into bed at night. Do you mind the day? And, and what happens if you do it every day, is you begin to go through your day looking for things that you're going to be thankful for at the end of the day. So
So it changes the outlook on the day. Slowing down, just choosing to take a little bit longer. Choose to go in the longer queue when you go to the same place. <laughs> and just use the time. Please go, no, that, that person was in that head of me before. That's what we need. I was in that one. What? Those two minutes that you would have stood there, choose to stand there a little bit longer. Just if you're a person who rushes, like I was, choose some things that will slow you down just for a little while. That more present perfect I mentioned earlier, really good book, it's recommended in here to help us with those habits. He has one called Bubble and Soak, um, why I call it that, um, put on a piece of music you like, and instead of using it as a background to your life, sit down till it's finished, and be in the middle of that moment with God, soaking in the moment. A piece of music, I used that when I was teaching, I don't know about you, but a piece of music is just about long enough for you to have got to a place where you calm down a little bit. Quite useful stuff. So, taking notice. Um, I've got another little habit I do once a week of my spiritual director. If you manage to get hold of a spiritual director, by the way, or a spiritual companion, honestly, like, these people are angels. And if you're training to be one, good on you. Just to companion somebody, just work with them. She's from a uh, Franciscan tradition, um, and a Franciscan tradition, my, my spiritual director, which is good for me because that's not like me at all. And she'll, I start to talk about my child, she'll go, no, we're not talking about that anymore. This is about me and God. So let me offer you this and take a bit of plasticine. And I'm like, she makes me kind of go beyond my comfort zone with meeting with God. If you can find one of those, or we call one of those, there's a real need for people to journey with each other journey of prayer. But anyway, um, back to Elizabeth. And she taught me a thing to do with how I feel my own feelings. So having been brought up where I was, I think it's must learn to be thankful, let's not be too negative. You know, it's all about Jesus is Lord and you'll be alright. And I wasn't feeling my negative feelings at all. But it didn't mean I didn't have them. And they were going somewhere unhealthy in me. And making me a bit ill, actually. And so to acknowledge when I'm actually feeling angry or sad or cross or lonely, to be able to isolate what that is and name it, otherwise it all became irritation for me. I was the only one I could name. <laughs> so I think, actually, I'm not irritated, I'm actually hungry. <laughs> so it was just being able to, to not even to talk about it to everyone, because that does become a bit dull, doesn't it? But just to know for myself, what am I feeling here? And so in ministry, in church, ten years of church leadership, it was a lifestyle. Because somebody's talking to you about something and it's making you a bit wound up and you think you've got to sort it out. And you just acknowledge, what am I feeling here? And you mind my feeling it. So the little thing that Elizabeth taught me is dead simple. And I'll show you it now, change your life. Draw a circle and put a cross on the circle so you've got four quadrants in the circle. And in each of those, at the end of each week, just take your emotional temperature and write down four things you're feeling. Because like I said earlier, it's never just one. There's it tired, there's it excited, they'll all be in there. And then around the edge of the circle, why am I feeling that? And just that, hmm, okay, I've identified why I'm feeling that way. And then I'll be able to read from that and I made this bit up. What does God say? So if I was feeling over, like completely overwhelmed with a situation, which often happened. Why? 
like the right situation to know. And what do we know is true? That all things are possible to those who trust him. But I know that he's never going to leave me. Some of those things, he'd write them down. Didn't take the feeling away, absolutely. But I know it's not the defining moment of my life. And so um, that's been a really helpful thing. I probably do that about once a week in a strong circle. You can just jot it to the side of a bit of paper. Don't let anyone find them and look where they are. But that, that kind of take the temperature, acknowledge what it is you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and then just let it be what it is. And I go to Elizabeth. So how do I change that then? She goes, well, you can so acknowledging who you are, what's going on in you, I just think that sort of taking notice, probably not something I was ever taught. And had I been taught to do that, I'm really keen on teaching children to do that. Uh, we're doing some work that's really well in schools. Um, really keen that we get some education around how to know what we're feeling and why we're feeling it and what to do about it. Otherwise, it all becomes one thing. So that's your um, little bit about taking notice. You'll notice, if you're taking notice, the drug has changed. Now, this beautiful thing, this, <laughs> this is how party I really am, okay? This is called Kintsugi. If any of you know about the Japanese art of Kintsugi, this is my attempt at Kintsugi. I don't know. Because uh, what happens with Kintsugi is, it's a Japanese art of fixing broken pottery. And for the Japanese very often things do need to be perfect. But this is an unusual art form for them. They won't throw away broken pottery, they mend it with gold. And then when the brokenness is, it becomes more precious. The more breaks, the more precious. It's lovely, isn't it? Kintsugi. However, when I was making this, I was in a bit of a rush. My daughter was like on FaceTime over here, and I said, What are you doing? And I went, Think it's I'm trying to make this Kintsugi thing, right? And the aim of it is to say that our brokenness is really beautiful, and that God really uses our brokenness. I said, What I'm actually finding from it is that uh, our brokenness is an absolute mess, and anybody tries to fix this, gets their fingers stuck together. That's what I'm really finding. Because I do love this message, I love it. But actually, in reality, I think it's more of it, this, isn't it? Yeah. As well. There is beauty in our brokenness, but sometimes it's just a bloody mess, isn't it? And sometimes it doesn't feel like it's gold filled at all. And we don't think other people are looking at us and seeing the beauty in our brokenness, and we're right. They're not. They're not even away. Bodies. But this is, this is God's point. However, this is not useless because, I accept this word, I shouldn't ever do these long trial things, but oh, I'm doing it, I'm doing it exactly the same. Okay. Because the light of Jesus is in us, then we know it. What happens when there's cracks and brokenness? It's where the light gets out. You see, always, even if it's a mess, I have this little study with my men's group. So the men's group is people on medication, and they always have meditation. Because we found medication was never enough. So the men's group, we have a little saying, which is, it's it, it works, and they get help. And Colin, my friend, said, God loves the crack pots. <laughs> there we are. And we're all the crack pots. And the crack pots let the light out. You have it all buttoned down. 
Imagine that that pot's broken. Does that make any difference? No. It's still immersed. The water gets out through the cracks. Depends what you're full of, doesn't it? Are we full of him? Are we full of his love and his goodness and his beauty? Because it won't matter then whether we seal up the cracks with gold and we just let the light shine out of them. Still beautiful. Real brokenness. Some of you today are experts. <laughs> we really, you have lived through some stuff. You are living through some stuff. That gives you the credentials of grief and loss to be able to meet anyone that comes past this place or more church where you are in a much more real way. Nobody wants a church that's got it all together, really. There isn't one. If we have got one, we'll pretend we are. I was talking with a partner of an organisation in Canada at the moment, because they're doing some really brilliant resources for churches around mental health that I don't want to do, but they're doing. So I'm not sure about Google that, but I might want to just do it anyway. I won't use your money for that, so Anyway, he said, the problem over here is this. It's so perfect. It's beautiful. And for those of you Canadian or been to Vancouver, it's beautiful. The church is beautiful. The sermons are beautiful. The excellence of worship is wonderful. The young people are polite. If they are ever rude, which they never would be, they'd apologise immediately. He says, it's a bit of a problem, really. What? It's because if you aren't feeling okay, if you are having a bad day, if you are broken, you wouldn't go to the church. I don't know how we get beyond that, because we do love the beauty of things being in the right order, don't we? But sometimes it's through brokenness, despite us, that God gets to use us. So that's the taking notice bit. And so the last way to our being is giving, which you've just done. Thank you. I hate, what I hate about the place I find myself in right now is I've always lived and worked for my, for my crust. I've always done that. I've been a teacher full time, I've been a nurse full time. And I suddenly find myself at the mercy of God's people, really, because the week I took. So we only get paid, there's money in the bank account, it's a charity, so you don't put anything in there. And I'm so grateful to you, because really, when I'm asking people to support me and well-being, it's me and the mate going around training churches to set up places. And there aren't any trust funds that are giving me to that. So it's both people being generous, and I'm really grateful to you for that. And I'll keep you in touch with how we're getting on, and hopefully, honestly, keep you in touch with some of that. And if anybody wants to join the conversation and join the story and become part of the Women on Big family, you'd be very, very welcome. I'd love to hear from you and work with you. So giving, I'm not going to talk about that sort of giving, because I know you're doing that. In fact, for some of it's why you're sitting here. Because you've overgiven. <laughs> and you saw it was about well being, and you went, I'm not going to that one. Because you've been to hundreds of Christian conferences, and you go away thinking that there's more things you to do better. And actually, I think God just wants to call us to come and wait with him, and sit with him, and be with him. And yes, there's stuff to do, but right now in this nation, in the busyness and the activity, and the lead up to Christmas, can you believe it? It's already happening. What are we called to do this thing? Wait. Come away with me. Be still. And know that I'm good. 
So the beginning that we're going to talk to you about for a few minutes before we do this act of uh, commitment together is um, surrender, is a better word. When we talk about sacrifice, oh, we're going to sacrifice, or we'll have to sacrifice a bit of my time to do this, or I have to maybe sacrifice one of the things that I was doing to not do something. I don't know where I'll find the time. Surely we can't really talk about sacrifice. I, I don't feel comfortable with that word, with what I'm doing. When I look at what sacrifice is, when I look at what Jesus did, when I look at giving up being God himself, like being God himself in the very nature of God, he considered equality with God not something to be grasped and made himself nothing, what it says. He made himself obedient and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. I mean, that's sacrifice, right? I, I do have to surrender a few things. I have to surrender my, my security of job and money and role. But it's his anyway. I feel like surrender is a better word because it's going back to what it is already his. And so in this business of surrender that we come to, how is that good for our well-being to give up? <laughs> if you are gardeners, hooray for you, I'm not, um, but you will know there are much, there's not just planting to be done. You've got to prune and weed. And weeding and pruning are not the same thing. When we weed, you're getting rid of something that shouldn't be there. And we spend a lot of time trying to weed our lives. I don't think, personally, today, that's not what God's up to here. To prune, maybe. And what do you prune back? Well, I'm told the most fruitful things often need pruning back the most. Because they won't be fruitful next year if you don't. And it feels to me, for some of you, he's not after weeding out the rubbish in your lives. You're constantly trying to do that to yourself. He's after saying, I, I do need to cut this back now. You're giving too much of this. <laughs> Let's just prune that back. Lord, it's good. I'm liking that. No, I, I like that. I mean, I'm not just doing that because I like that. I'm always doing this because I like this. But for me, oh, I was saying on breakfast, the problem was I love so many things and I'm like, I'm an enthusiast. <gasps> yes! And when I heard about the persecuted church, I've got to go. I've got to go around doors and I've got to go and every time I tried to go on a trip, I had to let it down. I said, well, something came up. just wasn't my journey. How do you find what is your yes? How do you find the thing that is for you? Because there's so much we care about. Again, I'm not trying to be sexist here, but we're wired that way as women very often. We, we, we multitask even with our, with our compassion. So we can't just watch the news. <laughs> And so when you see something and you want to do something about it, how do you stop yourself if <laughs> it's a good thing? And it's not what do we do, but how do we stop this paralysis of compassion that happens when there's so much to do we can't decide which one? And so for me, I went on this course called Seven Deadly Sins for Women in Leadership. That's written. If you are a woman in any sort of leadership capacity, you need to read this book. You need to build this course. It's by a friend of mine called Kate Coleman, uh, Reverend Dr. Kate Coleman, who was the first black woman minister in this country 34 years ago. So she's faced a few things. Um, one of the seven early sins is not clear on the personal vision. Personal things. And I was at that point in my life, and I was hosting the conference, so I was busy posting and waiting people to weigh in with all this stuff. I didn't expect 
do feel for the first time in a lot of years being a Christian, nearly 50, that I kind of know what I'm made for. And I can go to bed and know whether I've done it or not. <laughs> it's not always that easy. Particularly if you're saying that they'll say to you is, it's that person in your family. That's who you're there for. Not all this other stuff that you're busy yourself with. You're there to love them. Some of you might be familiar with the work of Henry Nowen. He's a wonderful writer. He says the richest news of his life was spent caring for Matthew, who had no speech, no movement, no way of bringing back in any way. And those were his lonely years, many years of caring for one person. That was his point. We're not all the same crop on purpose. Sorry if you all ended up with the idea once. I was not saying anything about you all. I think we were all similar. Every single one of us has a crop to surround with that is different from the person next to you. But filled with light. I love that mosaic of tapestry thing that you both made because it's, that's it, isn't it? Somehow the thread moves through it all. That's when I think church is probably still God's dearest beautiful bride. Because we don't kind of isolate, hope we don't ignore people because of their age or their stage in life. They don't have to be good at something to come and join this community. We're not a club. We exist for our own members. <laughs> so the church is still a part of the London conversation. And if you're not part of church, just join in the one because I feel like that's where God's going to pour his blessing back out to his community and into the church. So I'm going to invite you in this time of response. I just want to read you a scripture from Ephesians. I love this. This is probably my life verse. Ephesians 2.10. And in this verse it says, For we are God's masterpiece. Recreated in Christ to do the good works He planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. Recreated in Christ to do the good works He planned for us long ago. We are not here by accident. He is the designer, the craftsman. And I don't think there is one plan. I'm not even sure there's one black and white outline. I think he advises us to co-produce with him, to co-create. He wants your ideas. He wants to know who you care about. What can we give? I love this verse, and uh, I also love Ephesians 1 verse 11 that says, It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're made for. It's in Christ that we find out who we are we're coming over to uh, Christmas, which I shouldn't mention, seeing we're just right now, but I do love the incarnation, don't you? He chooses to come God Himself into a tiny, smelly little stable, coming over the Middle East and creeping alongside a teenage woman. In the shame of all of that. And He still creeps in that. I still believe he does. And to our moments of smelly brokenness, he still is incarnate. 
I also love Easter, because there isn't a Christmas without an Easter. And I love the fact that at the cross, it's all done already. The surrender I'm about to ask you to do, with a beautiful cup that I've just made, and I will get it back, so don't worry. The surrender I'm going to ask you to do with your cup, with your life, is only because he already gave his life for us. There's literally nothing he will ask us to do that he isn't going to do in us. I read out the um, a poem I've written earlier to those of you in my group, and it finishes with the doing, that's all you. You see, the being in him, from the being in him, from the dwell being, from our well being, well living, when we're not well. From the, the dwellingness of our souls. That's where the healing will flow for ourselves, our families, our neighborhoods, this nation, and beyond. Out of the overflow. So I'm going to invite you in this communion, and some of you have never taken communion before, and you're still welcome, because I don't think Jesus will mind if you don't fully understand. He died for you. And he gave his life for you, and because of that, you are free. Who really understands that? But somewhere here in me, I know that I am only me because of that. Somewhere here in me, I know that today I am forgiven, and it's a whole new, brand new day. And somewhere deep inside of me, I know that without the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, I've got no life at all. See, in every little dying that happens in my life, it's already swallowed up in the death of Jesus. And he declared an end to death and hell and sin forever and rose again. So because we share in his suffering and his death in every other way that happens, we also share in his life and his resurrection. So when we come to this um, communion, this is how it's going to, this is how it's going to happen. Before it does, I just want to show you this. This, um, my, my, my in-laws gave me this, because they saw it and thought of me. And I was like, oh, thanks. Because it was my Christmas present last year, and they usually give me money. But actually, <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I'm not this. Don't cut that out. So, and I looked a bit more closely, and I thought, that is very, because it's a mosaic of broken pieces of pottery and mirror. And in there, there's a piece that already had only 37, which is the number of the first cafe I set up. Which is Psalm 37, because they're all known as the Psalms. And it is, do not fret, do not fret, do not fret. And it's all the broken pieces put together into another piece of beauty. They were probably already beautiful as pots, but they're really beautiful as this handmade one of them. That's kind of not just real life, because we can't do this individually. That's why I believe in church, because that's what happens with the broken bits put together. That's why I think when he says I love my church and the gates of hell will stand against it, that's probably why I'm interacting with some other people. That's why if anything's been helpful to you on this journey and you can find some people to share it with you, please go away not just on your own and have yet another wonderful time with God who loves you. Make it about you. And invite some people in who don't know Jesus yet. Because honestly, they don't want God, they just might not want church. Honestly. 
just start speaking now if that's too disturbing. What are we going to do? Right. Can, we know this is going to be a bit chaotic, what I wanted to do before. Nothing compared to this. So. <laughs> she, was worried, she was worried about coming up and getting cups. So this bit's like going to blow her mind. Right, here we go. This is why she didn't last long. This is what she wanted to do.
Can we do this for you, Eddie? So it's working chaos. I don't want to say it's your turn now, because you might not be ready. You can use both sides of this table, and there's four places you could take communion from. So when you're ready, and we're going to do this in quiet as well, which is a bit unusual. We normally do worship songs to fill the gap. I didn't feel it was right today. I just feel the quiet will speak loud enough. And if you need someone to pray with you because you're a bit rattled, then there's some guys standing over where it says prayer, near there, and maybe near the thing at the back there. Find someone to pray with you or someone you came with. To be honest, the response to a day like today sometimes isn't that someone can just pray with you in a normal way. The response to today is to find some habits and do it. Good happy. It's making you do. Um, but the other thing I'd like to invite you to do is if if you want to, please don't feel any pressure to do this. But I want to give the opportunity for you to say something if it would help you. So for some people at this point, they want to leave behind something and take something away. So you may be choosing to leave behind some fear and take away some faith. You might be choosing to leave behind some bad habits and take away some vigilance. You don't need to say more than a sentence. But it sometimes helps to say in the presence of church. And I love that we're not just one church here, there are lots of churches, because this is where commanded blessing is. And if your sisters here can help you have courage to go away with the thing that you are determined to pick up, I just, there's something quite powerful about saying it out loud. That's not for everyone, but I'm going to stand over here with the microphone. And when you've taken communion and you go back to your seat, if you want to get some prayer over there, so let's say over there at the back. And if you want to say something, just come work with me and you can say that over the top of people coming down. Is that all right? Okay. I'm going to do this thing. Okay, so if you want prayer ministry to, if you'd like to come first, and then you're going to stand over near the sound desk at the back, and then people can see who you are. So if you're prayer ministry to, go first. There's no, then there's no order. No hurry. Take your time. Bring your cup when you're ready. You are going to come back and get your cup at the end and take it away. Please don't leave me with 120 cups. But we're going to do that now. So just in the quiet, spend time with God. Take your time. Come when you're ready.
Today, Lord, I meet with you my anxiety and my depression and take away my well-being.
opened my heart and placed in the storm my desk, prepared for the storm I was going to be. And then my friend said to me today, stop putting your head toward the wind and look up. So I'm laying down my arm and I'm standing up straight and I'm going to look to my God and I'm going to trust in Him for the strength to get through this and I'm going to trust in Him to be with my kids and help my kids get through this and I'm going to trust that He's going to use every bit of these six months for His glory. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it. 
because you're a dancer. <laughs> Hi everybody. Um, I'm going to leave my addiction with God today. I struggle since I've been a very young child. So and I'm picking up freedom from love. And this is how we're going to be in room on June 28th, July the 28th, this year. Thank you, Lord, for the 
together we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we're loved. We're loved if we go away from today and remember not a single thing is said. We're loved if we go away and the whole of our life changes and is turned upside down. We're loved if many people come to the view through us and we're loved if they don't. We're loved when we're ill and we're loved when we're not. And you just love us. We are overwhelmed with the fact that the one who made us and knows us best loves us most. to find out what you're here for, what is it that gets you hurt the most, that really winds you up the most, what is your greatest passion in your life. Find out when there's a little bit of interlap between those two, and they will be. What's your greatest gift? Just say it quietly in your head, you have got a gift, what do you think your greatest gift is? Don't just give them your wish, give them that as well. This is a beautiful cup, beautifully made. I lift it to you, Lord. It's a symbol of all of the cups that are here on this table. From every church, every denomination, every bit of belief, the lack of belief. Every person who knows how to write the labels on it, and some of us who haven't got hope of who we are. Lord, you love us. Your light shines equally on each of us. Thank you, Jesus. We are undone by your love and we're made up by it. Thank you, Lord. I speak a blessing over this group of gathered women who may never gather in this way again. But on today we gather them on purpose. And on purpose we bless the person next to us. So just leave me not comfortable with it. Just reach out to the person on your right to make sure nobody's walking. Left alone. Just pray for the person quietly. Go to the Pray for each other. Just say the next thing to that person quietly. And what they go back to and what they carry. Lord, we bless that. We bless them. We bless what they carry in their hands. We bless you to start with what you've got in your hands right now. Lord, thank you for every work of faith that is in this room, every act of love. Every small act of kindness, every large act of justice, every world-changing woman in this room, I pray, Lord, that they would know that they are loved. In Jesus' name.
Um, and, but I just really felt it was right. And I thought, well, okay, because I knew where we were up to as a church for reaching into the community at that point. And I thought, she's just got the right message. Um, I thought, well, okay, Lord, it will be the right time next year. And it really has been. It's just a strategic word. You know, God takes those pearls and jewels, doesn't he, and just sets them at the right time. So uh, we're really excited about that. And she's going to be here with us tomorrow morning, Sunday morning.
Thank you. 